1: Would
0: you object to never seeing me
1: again? This is not just a couch. It's just our couch! Take the red pill and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. You leave the light on after bedtime. I always thought it would be better to be a fake somebody, a real nobody. Are we gonna air it? Of course not. it! Okay, I'll let you lead this one off.
0: Why are you letting me lead this one off? You're you're the young man on the show. Why is that the case? Don't you feel like this is a young person's movie? Yes. (laughs) So so you want old man Mike to take the lead on this one? Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, I would say this is a case of diminishing returns unfortunately and i had revisited this one for i think another podcast i think it was another like uh held at gunpoint style rewatch which usually if you do a movie podcast that's that's what happens it's a vibe i have and um i'm gonna go back to uh go and a film we covered earlier on this very podcast and i had uh i had concerns about going back to it Um, but this is an even, I guess, less, definitely less plot-driven, uh, than Go. And, um, on, uh, the watch for a few years ago, I wasn't as keen on it. This time I wasn't as negative, maybe because I had that, uh, had that in the back of my mind that this was not going to be something that I really liked, like I did when I was, I don't know, 16 when I first saw it. But, um, I think it's a really strong first, what, 20, 30 minutes, and even though I've seen this uh, you know, a handful of times, uh, I kind of get the details um, mixed up when they go back to second and third, I guess, restarts on this video game-like movie. So I think it's sort of diminished for me um, as a whole. And I also think that even when I was 16, I probably really dug the first half hour and gave it a pass the rest of the time. What about you?
1: You're way more positive than I am uh,
0: oh, on no. it. <laughs> oh, no. That's, that is that is the listeners probably just deleting this one. Mark has played. Well,
1: well that's why... And, and, you know, that was shameless that, you know, plugging another podcast that you do. <laughs> um, but that was why I wanted you to go off first because I thought if I started off, we would just kind of descend into, like, mm. extremely negative territory, and that would be all that we would have. And, and I do worry sometimes that people uh just acquiesce to me when I'm when I'm this negative on a movie <laughs> not that I think you would do that but I, I think a lot of I I always have this fear that if 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 I come out with a minority report uh too strongly hmm. on something that people are just going to go along with me and not actually uh you know think uh about why you know why I didn't like a movie
0: well um, I won't promise that I'll think uh or give any sort of constructive <laughs> feedback to you but uh, with our relationship on the, these podcasts, it's probably more likely that uh, I'd go the other way, that I'd bend over backwards to play devil's advocate for this. So maybe it's good that I got out my uh, increasingly lukewarm take on Run, the Run. So has this always been the case for you? Like, was well, this a first time watch? So, uh,
1: yeah, I had never seen this, so I never got to have the experience with it as a young person like I did with Go and i i mean it's really hard to say how much of an effect you know that that plays into these things cuz i do feel like i would still like go had i never seen it until i until you know I, I, until i was a sage uh when we when we talked about go we talked about this series of you know increasingly clever uh, movies that play around with narrative, and that happens in the wake of Pulp Fiction, and, and there's, a bun- there's a bunch of movies that you could put into that. And we've, we've talked about... Uh, I guess this would be the third one we've talked about this uh, for this podcast uh, in regards to that effect. And so the other one would be Go, and then the one before that would be Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Uh, you know, all of them are kind of like in the same they're all coming in this like post Pulp Fiction late nineties thing. And they're all trying to be part of the same club. Uh, let's say, uh, and this is like the least successful. I think, I think this one plays pretty badly, uh, today, or at least I would hope, uh, it, it, it's like, it's like those extremely, uh, clever, uh, movies that, that win, amateur film festivals and stuff, Hmm. but then everyone, everyone talks shit about them afterwards. Uh, you know, like, like I could see how this movie could play well in a festival atmosphere. Uh, but I, it's hard for me to imagine that this actually did well in theaters or, or ended well on video. Um, you know, at, at that point, uh, you know, even, even then, I I, so I I just don't I don't connect with this character at all. We don't find out very much about her. Uh, What we do find out out about her, you know, does not make you want to follow her.
0: Uh, You know, I. Well, she has strikingly (sighs) red hair. How about that? Very pretty.
1: Okay, for starters, the the boyfriend (laughs) is a loser. Uh, he, you know, he's a real loser. He can't even, you know, do a drug deal. Uh, well, so why is she so determined to save this guy? I don't think it's unfair at all. Uh, you know, once, okay. So, so if if we should, let's, let's refresh people's memories. Run Lola (laughs) Run involves red haired Lola girl. And she's (laughs) been given a call from her boyfriend and her boyfriend owes a hundred thousand marks or whatever the 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 currency would be at this time, and she has to find a way to get that money, or he's going to rob a grocery store in like twenty minutes. And the movie shows three scenarios of her mm. trying to save her boyfriend. So now that, I think it's a, I think it's a pretty big big note for this movie that. You know, why does Lola want to save this guy so badly? He seems like a total idiot. He can't wait. He can't wait. Like I don't. I don't understand what's so prescient about the ticking clock here. I, like I. I really don't. I don't understand why it has to be in the next twenty minutes. Uh, none of that feels organic or earned. It just feels like an artificial ticking clock that the movie forced upon itself, and it and it, and the whole thing is based off of that. And it it's like, well, we can't really get the audience to care about this girl. Uh, y- y- naturally. So we just have to have, she has to save her loser boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> Look, yeah. Go ahead. Dennis, I, go think, I think
0: losers a little strong just because the way he loses the money. Now. Yes, he doesn't, he doesn't wait, but uh, given the type of business he's in, maybe there's, you know, increasing paranoia. Uh, his girlfriend is his driver, his ride. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he's concerned something happened. Maybe he's concerned that, uh, you know, someone has been watching him, watching the money, what have you. But the way he loses the money, uh, and I had forgotten this, even though I've seen this a number of times, um, is that he's on the subway and uh, this bum with all these, you know, plastic bags, shopping bags, they bump into each other. And, you know, he doesn't think about the bags because at that point, that exact point in time, there are two cops that are like eyeballing him. So he gets off off the train. And I, the only reason I'm sticking up for him is because when he gets off the train, the uh, these two cops like immediately start like manhandling him like they're arresting him under suspicion of something. So even if he had kept the bag and that's the problem is that he in his haste to escape, he leaves it on the train where the, the bum takes it. Uh, they would have confiscated that bag full of money so it was fate that it had to happen this exact way ben. Oh,
1: okay three okay times. okay strike one he's a drug dealer <laughs> strike two he's, <laughs> a bad, he good he's at it. bad he's a bad drug dealer <laughs> i didn't say he was good he's at bad it. at it strike three he can't he's impatient he can't you know
0: wait longer ben, than 20
1: minutes for were you, her we are just naturally three good strikes, at everything you're out <laughs>
0: He's a, he's a rookie, man. He's he's an amateur. He's learning the ropes. But he's not and... likable.
1: He's not likable. And, and I hate to bring up a stupid uh screenwriting trick that happens in a lot of movies, but this is a movie that could have could have used it. Uh so I, I, I have you ever heard of Save the Cat by Blake yeah, Snyder?
0: I think, I, I think we talked about it uh when we were discussing Drag Me to Hell on another podcast. Yeah, I think you yeah. brought it up. Yeah, yeah.
1: And in Drag Me to Hell, I believe she... Doesn't she actually save a cat? Yeah, she saves a cat. Um, so, well, say, actually, I
0: think she does the opposite.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. That's funny, <laughs> she bro. kills okay, the okay. damn cat. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Save the Cat is a book by Blake Snyder, and the core of it is that basically in the first act of a lot of movies, you'll see a protagonist will go out of their way to metaphorically save a cat, save an innocent person. Uh, the, the one that sticks out to me that I always remember is in Julia, Julie and Julia. Uh, is it Amy Adams or Emily Blunt? Yes. It's one of them. Amy Adams. Amy Adams. Yeah. She goes out of her way to help, uh, uh, some nine 11 victims over the phone at her job. And that, and that subplot is never brought up again, but it serves to make her likable and you care more about her, uh, and without it, you know, you probably wouldn't. And now I feel, I feel here, like Brett. Run, Little, Run could have benefited from having a moment like that.
0: I've not seen Julie and Julia or Julie and Julie, whatever. Um, <laughs> were they really that concerned about that character? Isn't that a, a movie about uh, cooking? Basically, What what was so this well, was not what I'm saying is Amy Adams, I presume, was not a drug dealer. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> but, I,
1: but I'm just, I, that's just an example that sticks out to me. And I think <laughs> because in Julie and Julia, the, the main context of the story is, oh, she's cooking a lot. You know what I mean? It's not exactly high stakes drama. So you probably do need a little moment like that in the first act just to make her, you know, uh, someone you want to follow. And that's the way I feel about Run, Lola Run. The Both of them. I mean, she she's just flat. She's kind of flat. I wouldn't say she's unlikable in the beginning. Uh, he's unlikable. Like, I don't, I don't want to be around Manny.
0: He puts a lot of (laughs) pressure on her just from a phone call. Yeah. Um, saying, you know, you're, you're late. You're never late, but today you were, and now I'm going to die because of it. And I mean, I I certainly understand. I don't know, you know, why or how she has this X-Men mutant power where she can scream and, you know, move things around or blow them up. But I definitely understand her cutting him off with a scream because it's just a lot to take in. Um, I assume this is not news, though, right? That, I think that's uh, you've not brought that up, but she's clearly in cahoots with him for this like job. It's not like he's revealing in that phone call, hey, I'm a criminal, and this is how we make our money, and now something horrible has happened, and I'm going to die in the next 20 minutes. I think I would like Lola more if this was just all being dropped in her lap, and she didn't have time to really you know question the the sort of ethics of what he's doing but just in those 20 minutes she wants to do everything in her power to make sure that he's not killed and then after that you know she's going to reassess uh, her choices with this man
1: the whole thing and this is, this is the problem with the whole movie for me the whole thing is so in love with its own cleverness its own clever ideas and overly complicated setup uh i like that stuff yeah. In the late nineties, there were a ton of movies where, uh, that, that people were really impressed by. And some of those have aged better than, than others. Uh, I think for example, a Charlie Kaufman movie we have coming up is is, a, is another pretty clever movie <laughs> with a yeah. high concept premise. Mm-hmm. But, but this, this has not, has not aged well. I think Lola, Lola doesn't need the hundred thousand marks. Lola needs a watch like that's the real like like oh, that's what i man. kept thinking was that, it that just like, like a, this person cannot right tell time she cannot tell time like <laughs> like she like she's in the bank you know uh it, it has to have been uh, almost 20 minutes she knows she's not going to have enough time to get to, to get to the guy it's like you know well speed it up
0: uh <laughs> yeah i mean it's that's a little nitpicky but uh yeah if you if you actually break it down i'm thinking Wow, if I was gonna just run 20 minutes somewhere, uh, that's not very far from my house. So I probably don't have time to go to the bank uh, to have this bit of melodrama with my father, who they reveal in you know one segment that he's actually not her father, and they kind of play with that as some sort of joke with the audience, like behind this uh, father character's back, um, he's seeing this other woman, and then you know one segment of the story she reveals that she's pregnant and asks him if he wants to have a child with her. In another segment. Uh, Because of Lola getting there, you know, a few minutes earlier, a few minutes later, she reveals that the baby is not actually his. Um, I kind of wish there was more of that stuff. Like there's you're talking about it being in love with its own cleverness. Uh, I think there are three different uh, people in the streets that Lola either bumps into or almost bumps into. And they do this little uh, photograph uh, sort of like montage of like what happens, I I presume, uh, or what could happen from their life beyond that point. And you have uh, one woman in particular who she just sort of runs around on the sidewalk. Uh, Nothing major happens. Uh, That woman kind of scowls at her. And it's like in one, you know, because of that moment, uh, she becomes like a uh, kidnapper, like a child, uh, actual literal kidnapper. And another, she wins the lottery. And then like another one, she finds Jesus. And in all three versions, there's not really much in the way of interaction with Lola. Like I don't, I, I know it's really like, Going into the uh, sort of Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park sort of chaos theory thing here, but uh, I find that stuff now uh, really, really obnoxious. And I bet when I was a teenager, I was like, "Oh, that's cool," but I didn't really give it any consideration. I think the film doesn't really want you to give it much consideration. I'm actually surprised. I'm looking at the Wikipedia here, and there's I'm surprised that there are three paragraphs on the themes. <laughs> like, I'm actually surprised <laughs> that it's that long. <laughs> like, this is it. Just it feels like a uh, a music video movie yeah you know.
1: mm-hmm. uh and yeah I, I didn't like those things either uh i i'm as much of, of of a believer in the butterfly effect as the next person but i think it's really <laughs> ridiculous this idea I, did, did, has anyone considered that lola just has a highly inflated sense of how important she is in this universe uh that would have been really cool so, <laughs>
0: If we actually hung around with her more, Mm -hmm. that would have been pretty awesome. But if
1: the whole movie had been about exploring that, about exploring how self-centered both her and Manny, you know, are uh, like, that would have been interesting. That would have been something. Uh, This, this is, you know, it's similar to the, to SLC punk where we talked about how it was, uh, 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 this isn't just a young person's, a movie made for young people. It's a movie made by a young person. Who I think would think very differently uh, about these ideas now.
0: Well, I mean, he uh, looking at his filmography after that, I believe his follow up was uh, not critically well received like this one. Um, I think it was called The Princess and the Warrior or something. I never did. That's, that's I never correct. it. Okay, uh, but I remember the criticisms when it came out uh, two or three years I think after that it was incredibly slow, and it's like this is uh, well, this is not Run Little Run. What happened to this guy? Um, so yeah, I mean, maybe even, I don't know. Have you seen that film?
1: No, I haven't. I mean, I've seen Cloud Atlas and I like Cloud Atlas, but that, that, you know, is, is a co-directed movie. Uh, and I didn't like a hologram for the King, uh, two or three years ago of Tom Hanks, Mm, which is those are the only other films of his that I've seen.
0: But yeah, I think if you like bringing up Cloud Atlas, the, uh, you know, some of the same themes are tackled there. And they're just far more interesting to me. I mean it's a very different type of movie. It's a much longer set than uh, Run the Little Run, which I'm um kind of surprised that you've not at least brought that up as much as you hate this. It's it's pretty brisk, no?
1: You mean in terms of runtime? Yeah. I mean you know, <laughs> uh for an eighty minute movie I thought I thought it dragged. Uh I lo- like I don't I don't th- I don't see why you need the segments of them in bed with each in between each uh, each sequence. I don't see what that adds to it at all. I didn't feel like they were they had a more meaningful relationship because of it that. It feels like
0: the load time from a video game. It feels like you lost a life and now now we're punishing you. you <laughs> we're waiting to, to, to respawn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, Manny, uh, I mean I'll agree with you, he's not likable and they're, you know, sort of I guess pillow talk about love and Commitment and feeling each other out, uh, as far as like how the other one could or would affect, uh, you know, their respective lives by their their absence or by some sort of tragedy that befalls them. It's supposed to be commenting on, you know, I guess what's actually happening to Manny and her. Um, but it's not really much different than his phone call, his frantic phone call. And I'll give him a pass on that. If, you know, he, (laughs) if he truly believes, and I believe that he's going to be killed for, you know, losing all this money from this drug Lord, uh, but just cutting to them in bed, basically badgering and pressuring the other one to like say, not just say, I love you, but to say it in like a thousand different ways so that they'll believe it. It just, you know, it just sort of belies uh, a lot of insecurity from both of them. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I'm actually like really, uh, down on continuing this conversation with you, Ben, what? I, now, now Why? I'm just, <laughs> now I'm just dragged into the mucky muck because I came in and I was like, yeah, it's, it's not that good. You know, this is, it's one of those things. Um, and you said you couldn't, you know, you didn't watch it, uh, previously, so we can't go back, but I, I do truly feel there are some movies that, you know, you can call them festival films that watch them once say that was fun uh but then the more rocks you sort of turn over or if you watch them at a different point in your life uh i think it's just it's just bad for all parties all parties involved but this i mean i don't know what the director here how do you pronounce this last name Ty- tyke Tyquer? tom tyke okay like it feels like a sizzle reel type movie mm-hmm. to get him more work and i think that's fine like it's you know it's effective he in succeeded that
1: regard. i mean yeah <laughs>
0: But he didn't you know, I don't think he had the career that probably the bigger fans or the uh critics that want to be, you know, uh first uh with their rave review of run the run the little run. Uh I don't think he had the career that they expected. You know, you you mentioned Doug Lyman when we were talking about Go. He probably had the career that people would have expected from Tom Tyquar here.
1: Slow and steady wins the race, Denniston. You know? Go <laughs> yeah, I think you I think you were <laughs> the only one
0: that's saying Doug Lyman's early work was slow and steady. Well, sure.
1: Yeah, I that's <laughs> I think that's very fair because I think I don't think go Go wasn't hailed as like a narrative masterpiece or whatever when it came out. It was mostly, oh hey, this is this is fun, this is good. Mm-hmm. Uh and even now I think that's mostly what we're saying about it. But but yeah, you see where his career went from there. And and I don't think Swinger was with Swinger's critical appraisal at the time. Like, like if you look at Swinger's, Swinger's is not like watch, garnering watch your step for here. like a noble prize in terms of its narrative structure or anything like that. Uh, You know, run Lola run lo- looks like a movie trying really hard to impress people. Sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think from my memory, Swinger's, I don't remember Doug Lyman being hailed as someone who I, I remember Vince Vaughn and John Favreau, that being like a, like, uh, you know, uh, on a much smaller scale, a much more comedic scale, like a Goodwill Hunting type thing, where it's like these guys, these actors have sort of forced their way onto the scene with the, the strength of their personality and these characters they've brought as sort of their baby. And even Go, to a certain extent, uh, I feel like was credited way more to John August at the time, as far as all the, the accolades that it got, so... Uh, Lyman, yeah, he 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 probably, unfortunately, like for the the hipsters out there, he he probably actually took the reins of what uh, people would have bet money on Tom Tucker doing. But we got to Franco Patente here. She she did. Uh, what did she go on the, to do? Well, she did the Born Identity. We're at it for this with uh, Double oh, Lyman, yeah. so she jumped onto your your side of the fence there, Ben. She <laughs> she jumped ship and went to, to the uh, the better Tom Tucker, I guess.
1: And now I barely remember that she was in it. So. <laughs>
0: there is that uh
1: so we haven't brought it up but we also i mean i i thought a lot about following while i was watching this too because that you know that was another early film from a from a you know director uh who, who ended up becoming a name and uh i felt like following compared very very favorably uh to this and again, it's you know it's the, it's the difference between a movie that knows what it what it is and knows what level it's playing at versus the movie that's trying to do too much and, and doesn't really have any of the perspective or wisdom that that it would need to have to pull this off. And I think once we go into spoiler territory, I we can you know I can really the the movie really loses me in its third act in the third scenario that we see Lola. Uh, play herself uh through.
0: I mean I think we're we're good to go on spoilers. I just want to say that, you know, we can't have Lola and Christopher Nolan's uh hideous following film because they didn't have the budget to have her her red hair on on screens. So that that wouldn't have worked. And I don't think it would have worked for the premise to have her, you know, scowling and scuffling about, but uh, go ahead with your, you know, just bring us home with negativity on this, uh, the third bit the the happy ending for run, little run.
1: I mean, you know, you, like I've been listening back to our last three episodes and I thought you came off as sort of the, a real sourpuss. So now it's my turn, Deniston. Okay. So just I see.
0: the ball is in your court. All right. Your your turn to be negative. I, I concede that point.
1: So, so spoiler alert, run, little run, blah, blah, blah. Um, this the 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 fact that in the third scenario she basically gives up and goes to a casino spends her gambles her last bit of money away and miraculously wins twice uh for no reason uh is is really insulting uh X-Men for a movie power, that spends so much of its time in its own head and in love with itself it's incredible how there's no dissenting uh opinion in the in i guess w- was it twiker who wrote this uh there's no like dissenting opinion in 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 his head saying oh this is almost like a deus ex machina kind of ending uh, uh a miracle happens and she gets this money and and it all and it solves all her problems terrible
0: makes even <laughs> less sense because um the way it works out is uh, I guess because she, you know, in her apartment building, she leaps over a man and his dog, just, you know, staying around in the hallway, uh, which previously had cost her seconds, minutes uh, by trying to like, I guess, walk around them being scared of the dog. Uh, she uh, misses her father. Cause she doesn't cause this other man to get in a car crash. The one that he's having a business meeting with him, So she can't go to her dad to ask for money. She can't rob the bank that he works at. Um, so she goes to the casino, but uh, because of that, uh, I guess an interaction she has with a guy trying to sell a bicycle ends up meeting up with the homeless man who has the bag full of money. And that causes him, in the third version of this these events, to run into her uh, boyfriend Manny to pass him. And so, yeah, she, with her X-Men power, she wins this money at the casino with her banshee scream uh but uh ends up not mattering and i <laughs> i've told you i've seen this a number of times and I, I remember her doing that and even this time i forgot that she actually won i know she won the first round but in my head i'm thinking like oh she doesn't win the second time but it doesn't matter because he gets the money back so <laughs> wouldn't that <have laughs> it's been even a better
1: ending like... <laughs> it's even more ridiculous because
0: she wins with this nonsense you know this this hail mary act of desperation when really, all she had to do was not be scared of this dog, and that's what that's apparently what solved it so now, not only did Manny get the money back, but uh they're a hundred thousand marks richer and uh it's just weak it's just just so weak kind of ending I don't know, it doesn't and it doesn't even really sort of conform to like you know what what they're going after as far as like you know risking it all or you know th- because actually the first two events. I mean she risks everything and gets herself killed in the first one, and you know both times it doesn't work out, but this time it just it just it just works out perfectly and they're they're rewarded for their for their actions here, so yeah, I can see why you hated it. <laughs> <laughs> But I also want to say I understand why people liked it. I liked it when I was 16. And uh yeah, you're calling it a festival film, sure. I can, you know, I I do think and I've said before and this makes me probably come across as a dumb American, but <laughs> this does strike me as the type of film that if this was uh in the English language, if this was an American independent film, uh that the knives may have been out just a little bit more. For for sure.
1: For sure. I don't even, I see, I I mean, I, I don't, I think that's a great point and and I, but I don't even think it's, there's a question of it. Uh, I think a lot of times you take certain foreign films, you put them in an English language, uh, critics would hate them and, and audiences would not be, uh, because it makes, it makes people feel cool to, to be into run Lola run. Uh, it's a lot harder to, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, the Lies of Others is just a, a foreign film that's, that's on the tip of my tongue because I just uh, rewatched a, a scene from it the other day. Uh, you know, it's a lot harder to, to get into a, a foreign language film like that. Uh, you have to, you know, really work for it. A movie like Run, Little, Run, you, you really don't. There's bar- I mean, there's barely any dialogue that's of any importance uh, in the film. And
0: <laughs> the back, the back, the back. They say that uh, a number of times, but...
1: I've never seen Battle Royale, but I imagine it's a similar uh, case. Uh, it, peop, a lot of people... They're, they're foreign language movies for people who have no interest in watching uh, most really good foreign films.
0: <laughs> I, I saw Battle Royale and I hated it. Yeah. Um, I didn't see, you know, there any distinct difference from it in the Hunger Games other than the Hunger Games knew it was trash and Battle Royale really thinks that it's it's got something bold to say about uh youth and the, the state of things. Uh, So I did not care for it. That's another one I watched just for a movie podcast. So this, let this be a lesson to you movie podcast <laughs> listeners that we are truly suffering for this art that we're giving to you. Uh, what do we got next, Ben? Do you have a hint to give me? Buster Crab, Johnny
1: Weissmuller, Casper Van Dean? Dean? Um... Brendan Fraser. Oh, no, that's not. He wasn't really playing that character. I'm trying to think of people, of actors who have played this character.
0: Oh. Think jungles. (laughs) Oh, okay. Tarzan. We're we're doing Disney's Tarzan, uh, which. There you uh, go. Yeah, that's, you know. I assume that was the uh, major wide release uh, that weekend, and uh, I am using this podcast to watch it for the first time because I was not the target audience back in 1999. I wish I was a hunter
1: in search of different food. I wish I was the
0: animal which fits into that mood. I wish I was a person with unlimited breath. I wish I was a heartbeat that never comes to rest. Come to me. My- If you'd like to continue the conversation with us, feel free to do so on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at 99from99. 99 99.